0: Dear Friends and Family, October 2023 Elected Heads of the Eternal State at Sight and Sound Last month, Kim and I attended Sight and Sound Theater's annual Inspire event. Pastors and leaders of ministries are invited to come for the afternoon to participate in worship, communion, an interview with the producer of that particular production to be performed that day, the actual performance, this year it was Moses, and a meal following. All of this is provided free of charge by sight and sound. As Kim and I sat through the performance, a number of times the special effects of the production required that bright white spotlights flash intermittently upon the audience. As I sat there, my focus turned from the show to the audience. My heart sank inside from brokenness and grateful awe. I felt tears starting to come. How so, Michael? I feel as if the Lord gave me a small glimpse of how he saw his people. All I saw was the back of human heads. But as I watched, what I realized and was reminded of struck deeply inside my soul. Every one of these precious people were, ultimately, sitting there for one reason and one reason only. God, for his own unknown but holy and wise purposes and good pleasure, chose them in eternity past before the foundation of the world, Ephesians 1, four, to be his own. He chose, way back then, to predestine every one of them to be adopted as his sons, his children, to himself, Ephesians 1.5, of the massive lump of fallen humanity, Romans 9.21. These were some whom he chose to be his vessels of mercy, whom he prepared beforehand for glory, Romans 9.23. These were some of those whom the Father, at some point in eternity past, gave to his Son, Jesus Christ. John six thirty seven forty four sixty five ten twenty nine seventeen two six nine and twenty four Hebrews two thirteen Acts thirteen forty eight. Awed yet sad. Moments later this tender compassion that I was feeling for God's uh, people was followed by an acute sadness. Why? I would dare say that many of them have never heard or at the very least have never understood these precious God-glorifying soul-melting truths which are spread throughout the entirety of God's word. How very sad, how very tragic it is that so many of the Lord's sheep will never realize the precious the precious truth, you have not chosen me but I have chosen you. John 15:16 until they are in glory with their chooser. As I've written before, once a Christian realizes this, they are never the same, and no Christian understands this well until after their conversion. I've often likened it to the scene in The Wizard of Oz from 1935, about Dorothy Gale of Kansas upon her arrival in Munchkinland. It is only then that her life goes from black and white to color. That is a very good analogy to describe what happens to a Christian when they realize that ultimately the sole reason they are in heaven is pure mercy. Held close to his chest. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. Isaiah 40.11 Speaking of God's chosen ones, his treasured possessions, Deuteronomy 7.6 Last month I ministered at a combination youth men's retreat at Tel High Camp. In my preparation, I felt to dig out of my treasures old and new, Matthew 13.52, a golden treasure chest I had used at camp many years ago. I have also used this same chest as an object lesson for the Ark of the Covenant, minus the cherubim. When I opened it up to retrieve certain documents in it, I noticed there were several small slips of paper lying on the bottom. They were the names of former campers and staff from many, many years ago. My guess is 2005. I took the pictures of many of the names and sent them to said former campers and staff. Every one of those who received it had their hearts warmed by the memory. Vitamin B3, Prescription for Post-Camp Season Health Oftentimes on Friday morning of camp, before the campers give their testimonies about what God did in their lives during the week, I prescribe for them vitamin B3 to take on a regular basis until camp next year. B3? Yes. The first B is the book, that is, the Bible. Man shall not live by food alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Matthew 4 4. The second B is the bird, that is the Holy Spirit. He is our daily sustaining, sustaining power. He produces the life and health of God in us. By him we put to death sin on a daily basis, worship and intercede, and are conformed into the image of Jesus. The third B is the body, that is the body of Christ. I tell the campers that Jesus has so ordained it that we need his body, his people, in order to make it in this life. He has knit us together by his spirit. If an arm is severed from the body, it dies. I tell the camper, Jesus wants them depressed, full of sorrow and troubles, etc. if they avoid fellowship with his people. If he blessed them while they avoided his people, they'd probably never come back. It's his faithfulness that he has ordained it so. Hence, regular attendance in youth group and church is a must in order uh, to their soul's health. Take your B3. My three cones that safeguard my life and ministry. Speaking of spiritual health and guidance, I told the campers at senior high camp this past summer about the three cones I have had in my life for many, many years that keep me on course on a daily basis. Three guideposts, three guardrails, if you will. The first cone is that the whole world is going to hell. Jesus said in Matthew 17, 13, and 14, that wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many are those who find it. If he had stopped there, there could be, and sadly are, those who argue, yes, Jesus did say many would end in the eternal destruction of their souls in hell, but there will be more souls in heaven than those who wind up in the lake of fire. But Jesus didn't stop there. He then said, narrow is the gate and constricted is the path that leads to life, and few are those who find it. He couldn't have been more clear in his soul-stirring and sobering words. Note, I'm very well aware that the multitude of the redeemed in heaven for all of eternity will be a number that no one can count, Revelation 7, 9. However, based on our Lord Jesus' words above, compared to the entire population of the human race from Adam until the last human being is conceived, the total number is few. The second cone that daily regulates my life is judgment day is coming. God has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. Acts 17.31 God will bring every deed into judgment, whether good or evil, and every secret thing. Ecclesiastes 12.11 Nothing is hidden that will not be revealed. Luke 8.17 Every minute of every day of my life I will give an account for when I stand before the Lord Jesus on his glorious throne. He will ask for an explanation for each day about what I did with my time, health, energy, resources, gifts and talents that he gave me, etc. And our Lord also said, To whom much is given, much is required, Luke 12, 48. Countless Christians, including myself, on that great day will wish then they had yielded and surrendered more fully to the Lord's word, spirit and guidance during their very short tenure on planet earth. The third cone is that the gospel must be preached. There is only one God, who has only one Son, who died once and for all, for all who would believe in Him. All who don't believe in Him and obey Him will certainly perish eternally, having offended an eternal God. There is only one message that relates this indescribable truth of divine rescue, the Gospel. The devil hates it and attempts to block, hinder, and thwart it at all costs. He does so by diluting and polluting the message via a vast array and plethora of false teachers. In addition, the evil one, the hater of men's souls, also constantly and relentlessly attacks faithful hearers of this glorious message of how to escape from the wrath to come. These three cones constantly help me keep me focused on task and greatly help me to keep my hand to the plow, not looking back. The fourth cone. If I added a fourth cone to the above three, it definitely would be the 1 Corinthians 2 2 cone. Namely, I am determined to know nothing when I am with you, but Jesus Christ and him crucified. This is my compass, my day star, my guiding light to my doctrine, life, and ministry. This Christ-centered thrust is my own personal tip of the spear. I wish it were everyone's, particularly ministers. Tragically, it is not. It is not. If it were, the unending, unending glut of false, aberrant, tangential, peripheral, mystically based, etc., doctrines would not exist. And oh, what a glorious uh, thing that would be. This precious scripture verse, when deeply embedded in one's soul, keeps them from limitless doctrinal fads and, may I say, Christian causes that come down the church pike at a seemingly increasingly rapid pace these days. Yes, this has always been the case, but one can't deny that the Internet and social media factor have exponentially compounded the matter. Paul was exponentially more spiritual than any of these Internet influencers, so many of which are super spiritual with constant new revelations they keep purveying. Yet, Paul said his only concern was the person of Christ and that he was crucified. This truth is definitely a golden railroad spike driven deeply into my soul's soil. May it never be unearthed. From a cramped camper to having a camper of his own. Of countless camp memories over the decades, one of the most unique and memorable is my locking arms around an eight-year-old boy who was screaming hysterically for his mother as she drove away to leave him at camp for his inaugural year. Let me reassure you that it was his mother's will that he stay. In fact, his mother wound up coming back to camp to council that week as I unexpectedly lost a female staff member. By the way, this mother was the same woman I wrote about in last month's newsletter article about this one floored me, etc. Chris, after hearing my junior high camp message this past summer concerning all that Jesus saves us from, lay on the floor for a while before the Lord. Well, this little guy Josh is married now and has a potential little camper of his own. And Josh made it through that week of camp. Of course, course, I'm sure it helped that his mama came back to council. From a counselor in my early years who also teaches the young, not that long ago, shortly after this past summer's camp season, I posted a picture of a certain place at camp and how precious this summer was because of the Lord once again visiting us there. Below is what a former counselor from my second year at Tell High, 1992, commented about that post. And by the way, he has been a junior high teacher for several years now. Quote, and summers going back decades before this one, I'll never forget those summers of my last few high school and first couple of college years being there as a counselor. My life was impacted just the same as those campers. Seeing that picture warms my heart, Michael. God is good. Kevin. Charles Hodge, Elam Bible Institute and my 2000 Nissan Frontier? Ever since I lived with my maternal grandparents in Missouri during the summer of 1974, just a few months after the Lord apprehended me in a convent there, I've wanted a Chevy pickup truck. Why? Well, Pop bought a brand new 1973 white Chevy truck while I was there, and I immediately fell in love with it. Pop would reluctantly let me drive at the town on rare occasions, and I don't blame him. Well, after several decades, I bought my dream truck from a friend nearby here in Delaware in November 2021. 20, Upon doing so, I offered my previous ministry vehicle, vis-a-vis a 2000 Nissan Frontier, which I had owned for 15 years, to my home away from home, Tell High Camp. When I did so, I assumed they'd make it a camp vehicle for around the campgrounds. I was surprisingly amazed when I learned they soon made it roadworthy in the state of Pennsylvania. That frontier served me well for those 15 years of my itinerant ministry, and it would probably take another whole newsletter to share all of my adventures and quote-unquote new frontiers in the Lord's work. Well, let's go back 21 years. I was preaching at an Elam-connected church in the Princeton, New Jersey area, and after the service, my host took me past the once famous theological bulwark of the Christian faith, Princeton Seminary. It long ago went liberal, which prompted J. Gresham Machen to move on from it in the early 20th century to form today's present Westminster Seminary in Philadelphia. During Princeton's glory years, a master theologian named Charles Hodge taught there for 56 years. When I embarked in the ministry in 1986, at my church, church back then I was given a book budget. I saw Hodge's three-volume magnus opus of uh, theology on sale. I knew nothing of him, but when I saw the offer, offer I remember thinking to myself, huh, he taught at Princeton for fifty-six years, he must know something. And I bought the set. I had no idea of the gold mine I had purchased. My jaw was on the floor, so to speak, several times as I gorged upon Hodge's insights into grace and sovereignty. I have never been the same. The Lord used Hodge to deliver me from many unscriptural notions I held, and along with them, many fears. Well, when we drove past the building at Princeton, where Hodge's office was on the top floor, most ho- my host told me it's been said that when people go into his office, a powerful presence can still be felt in the room. Wow! I was in awe. Elam Bible Institute, my alma mater, has had the same reputation for many decades too. Elam is famous for missions and worship. Countless alumni and visitors over the years have said you can feel the Lord's presence when you walk onto the campus. I would concur with that experience several times. Back to my frontier. Dean Weiler, a dear brother in the Lord, sent me a text yesterday with a picture of my former truck in his shop. He was doing work on it. This is what he told me after sending the picture. Working on this today. Very cool. Many unique Girton upgrades. You can still feel the spirit when you get into it. Goosebumps! That was Dean Weiler, who's a Tell High Camp board member. Beloved, I don't even know what to say about this. My first reaction was that Dean, being the kind, sweet, and humble brother that he is, was just trying to encourage me. Believe me, I'll take every drop of encouragement I can get. I have my doubts about his precious comment, but if our Lord touched him while working on it, I am forever grateful and humbled. Wow, Jesus, it is my most sincere, heartfelt prayer that our Lord will give me several more itinerant excursions for him in my new used truck. May it be so. Amen. Michael, here's my quote for this month. The longer you adore, that is, time in God's word and presence, the stronger you, ab- you abhor idols and substitutes and glory of God robbers, the things of the world, etc. Thanks so much for listening. Very humble that you would. Jesus bless. Michael.